evidence and answers. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of a Christian faith. Recently, Pat was interviewed by Mystic, who is an actress and popular media personality, and they discussed why he is a Christian and his perspective on the COVID-19 crisis. Now let's listen to Pat's interview with Mystic. And today I'm so excited to have Dr. Patrick Zucaran on the show today. He actually has led the Christian Apologetics Ministry, and it's called Evidence and Answers. And today, in the light of tomorrow being Easter, we're excited to talk to him to see what kind of messages he has. And Patrick, welcome to the show. Hi, Zandra. Great to be with you. I'm glad we got this working. Yeah, we did. That took a long time, but I appreciate your patience. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit more what you're doing with Evidence and Answers. Well, Evidence and Answers is a organization that's designed to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ by presenting the compelling evidence that stands behind our faith in Christ. There's a lot of compelling evidence that God exists. The Bible is the word of God and Jesus Christ was a real person who lived and died again. So we proclaim the message of Christ, presenting the compelling evidence of Christ. We equip Christians to engage their world for Christ and we challenge unbelievers to seriously consider Jesus Christ as who he claimed to be, the divine son of God and the savior for you and me. Perfect, perfect. That sounds beautiful. I love it. So in looking at and hearing you, of course, we had the pleasure of meeting about a year and a half ago, something like that in, in Hawaii. That was a wonderful experience. And I found out that you not only actually do your ministry and you speak to individuals all over the world, but you also have a radio show. Yes, it's called Evidence and Answers. Here in the state of Hawaii, we broadcast on KGU 99.5 FM. We're also international. We're in the Philippines, and uh, you can always listen to us on our website at evidenceandanswers.org. Excellent, excellent. And I also see that you have written some articles and books, and you do speaking engagements and seminars. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yes, you know, we do our conferences all over the world. We have two conferences here in our wonderful state of Hawaii, one for the adults and one for the youth. And uh, we also do those conferences around the world as well, presenting the powerful evidence for Christ and also engaging the ideas of today and providing evidence and biblical answers to the challenges that we face today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And why do you feel that this, you went to this specific topic and, and you became a doctor for God, essentially? You're Dr. Zucran for God. <laughs> That's amazing. So was there something yes. that led you or can you talk to me about your experiences? Yes. You know, I grew up in Hawaii, which is kind of a pluralistic culture here. And so I was familiar with the Hawaiian religions and the various religions of the world. I grew up in the Buddhist culture, and so that was my background. And I also went to a liberal but a Christian 
high school and they taught us that the Bible was a bunch of legends and fairy tales and we never took it seriously. <laughs> Even the priests and the teachers never really took it seriously. And wow. at about 17 years old, I began asking the questions young people ask, what am I going to do with my life? Why am I here on this earth? What's the meaning of my existence here? And it got me to ask a lot deeper questions. And of course, I went to look at my Buddhist roots for the answer. And I saw that Buddhism was not a livable system. And it didn't really address the reality of the world around us. So I looked at other religious systems and saw that a lot of them were built on, you know, myths and legends. And I was taught Christianity was simply built on myths and legends as well. And so I became an atheist. And Oh, wow. Atheist, yeah. Wait, you how old the, were you? I was 17 at that time. Wow. Okay. And, <laughs> and of course, being steeped in science, I thought, you know, science had all the answers to the origin of the universe, the origin of life, and that we're simply accidents, products of chance. And there's right. no meaning or purpose for the universe to be here or for any of us to be here. And everything ends in extinction and annihilation. And so that was kind of depressing. You know? Kind of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think? Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah, that's that's scary. And I think at this moment with everything that's happening all around the world, you know, I think about the people that don't have their faith and don't have God and can't lean on Christ and what a deplorable existence they must have because who are they turning to? You know, yes. they're not turning within. <laughs> right. And that's just not our opinion, Zandra. I mean, that's the conclusion the great atheist philosophers from Hume to Russell to Voltaire have concluded that if everything ends in extinction and annihilation, including mankind and the universe, I mean, what difference did it ever make that we were here? It's ultimately meaningless. And so, you know, as I went through that in my phase in life, began really wondering what's the purpose of it all. And one day, my friend on the baseball team kidnapped us and brought us to church. And uh, <laughs> I actually heard the message of the gospel for the first time in my life, that there is a God who created the universe, who loved us, desperately wants a personal relationship with us and made it possible by coming to the earth, Jesus Christ, and dying for our sins and rising from the dead. And when I heard that, I thought, wow, that's incredible. Never heard such a powerful message. And so I prayed in the pew. I said, God of the Bible, if you're real, I want to know you. And the next day I went to the school priest and I shared with him what I heard in church. And he just kind of laughed and he said, well, you know, any religion is fine if it makes you happy. And if Christianity <gasps> makes you happy, well, good for you. And I was stunned. I thought, well, wait a minute, this guy is a priest and he doesn't seem to believe the Bible. That's crazy. So he was a Catholic priest. No, actually Episcopalian. Episcopalian. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And then you were an atheist for how long? It sounds like it was only days from what you're saying. No, it was about a year, about a year and a half. A year and a half. Okay. And okay. so... I took Bible class from this priest. It was offered at our school just so I could learn the Bible. And he gave us all the reasons why the Bible cannot be true, how the stories are based on myths. And there's no historical or scientific evidence to support that anything in the Bible actually happened. The priest at your high school. Yes, yes. Specifically said that these are, the Bible was 
Wow. It was, it was myth and fables. Interesting. Okay. Got it. Yes. Okay. And then what? Well, and you shouldn't be surprised, Andrew, that that's the view of Bible scholars at the universities and in many of the liberal churches. So I would go back to that little Baptist church on Sundays and be asking everybody all these questions and nobody had any answers. And so I was about to walk away from Christianity. I thought it was a great and wonderful story, but if it's not true, it's it's not for me. You know, I want to live in reality, not in a fantasy land, no matter how good it makes me feel. So I was talking to a friend and I was sharing with him and about to walk away from Christianity. He said, I got no answers for you, but here's a book that might help you. And it was a book on Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. And I read that book from cover to cover. It's, you know, I was seven, 18 years old and I had never read a book from beginning to end before. It's the first time I ever read through a book. My parents were stunned. And, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. You have me laughing. You're saying that you were 17, yes. 18, and you had never read a book from cover to cover. Okay. No. I don't know if that's something that you should be sharing with everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so I was just fascinated because for the first time I saw there's just compelling evidence that there is a God that exists, that the Bible is indeed true. And these are historical events. Christ mm-hmm. was a real person who died and rose again. And the evidence was just too compelling to deny. And I saw that it stood the test against the skeptics. And so, you know, after months of studying, I gave my life to Christ. And I said, that it's true. The evidence is compelling. It's undeniable. And I gave my life to Christ that day. And that began the adventure, wonderful adventure in this whole world of apologetics that really has not come to an end. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. And you know, what would you say to, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the two Babylons. I believe Alexander Hislop wrote it. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar. No, that sounds like something real interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just being playing, you know, the advocate here, but he kind of says that every single religion on the face of the earth stole a little bit from the pagans. And I was wondering what your thought on that was. I sure love to see the specific examples that he gives. For example, there are many scholars that I've been reading that says uh, Christianity is from the Greek pagan religions of Mithras and Osiris and others that have virgin births and resurrections from the dead and things. Correct. And, but if you study mm-hmm. them, that premise is false. I mean, Mithras' virgin birth is quite different from the birth of Christ. If you study Mithras, he came out of a rock wearing a Phrygian <laughs> war cap and a dagger, and he battled with the sun god and things like that. Osiris, he ruled Egypt and then left to extend his empire around the world. When he came back, his brother that had stolen the throne from him and then made a golden coffin, you know, as a gift to his brother. And his brother went in and tried it out and he got sealed in the coffin and thrown into the Nile. And then uh, his sister, Isis, went looking for him, found him. And when Set found out, He chopped up the body of Osiris into 13 pieces and threw it in the Nile. 
and ISIS was able to recover 12 of those pieces and bandaged him up, and you know he became the first mummy, and then he became oh the uh, god of the dead of the underworld. Right. Yeah, hard, hardly close to the resurrection of Christ. That's more like a zombie kind of resurrection. So when you compare a lot of these pagan religions, they try to draw parallels, but really they. When you study them closely, you see that really there are, there are no parallels. And most of these myths happen on a mythical realm. We know that they are not historical. When you have the Bible, though, wow, you have a lot of historical evidence. We have over now 100,000 archaeological discoveries that confirm people, places, and events in history. So there's a big difference between those myths and Christianity. Mm-hmm. And many of which you can still go and visit today. Isn't that correct? Oh, yes. In fact, my uh, second uh, doctorate I'm studying for here is in Middle Eastern archaeology, and there's no book. Really, there isn't any that has so much archaeological confirmation of the people, places, mm-hmm. and events of the Bible. And as you said, yeah, you can go to Israel today and go visit many of the sites mentioned there in the Bible. Correct. And one of the things, obviously, that the Bible does tell us is to be careful with people who are fake and who are feeding us lies, right? Because that is the world in which we live. Yes. This is Satan's world for now. And I say for now, (laughs) because we know that that's going to change. Yes. And in fact, as we get near the return of Christ, there will be a rise a greater intensity in the rise of false teaching and also what the Bible calls apostasy, people who knew the truth and turned away and embraced a false ideology. So there'll be an even greater intensity and greater growth in false teaching as we get closer to his return. Right. And Revelations is the great revealing right? That's the last book of the Bible. Correct. And so what do you say to people? Like, what is a good sign or what should they be looking for when they're hearing these people preach to them about the word of God, but are causing confusion? Like, you know, for example, look at what you went through as a teenager, but you had the wisdom and the resolve and something inside of you that said, no, I got to keep going. I'm going to take this book. I'm going to read it. and And you read it from cover to cover. So what do you say to our listeners? Yes. Well, this phrase comes from Anthony Flew, who was the greatest atheist of our time. And he went by this model, follow the evidence wherever it leads, even if it's to conclusions you do not like. All right. And that's, you know, one of the things that I did and we're all called to do, to discover truth. And you discover truth by looking at the facts using reason and coming to the most reasonable conclusion you could. And Dr. Anthony Flew lived by that model. And he was presented with the compelling evidence, Christ, by several of my professors. And he ended up, about the last 10 years of his life, becoming a believer in God. (laughs) And, And I have his biography here. I interviewed his biographer, The book is called There Is No, and no is slashed out, God. So there is, you know, sometimes actually there is a God. And he became a theist before he died and wrote that biography on it. And the last chapter he allowed in his biography was written by N.T. Wright in defense of the resurrection. 
And, mm. and so, I mean, that was huge. That was huge. I mean, that's like Billy Graham converting to Islam or something. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. how huge it was. But he lived by that model, follow the evidence wherever it leads, even if to conclusions you don't like. And uh, that's mm-hmm. what I would recommend all people to do. Follow the evidence. Don't just take my word for it. You know, look at the evidence for Christ and the other worldviews and see who's got the more compelling case. Yeah, and and really to follow one's heart and gut instinct. And when I don't follow my heart, which is really connected to my gut instinct, things go out of whack. And your story kind of reminds me of Albert Einstein. Everyone knows Albert Einstein all around the world. And he's the father, he's known as one of the fathers of modern physics. And, you know, we're taught that, oh, you know, physics, you know, left brain, and then, you know, the artistic is right brain, and, you know, you have to think, you know, these thoughts and whatnot. And when Albert actually went into physics and he was a scientist, he denounced that God existed. And towards the end of his life, he said, my whole body of work was literally to prove God's existence. And one of the biggest detriments that I feel that has been done to us as a population, as human beings on, on this earth, is the separation between God and science. To know one is to know the other. Yes. <laughs> how, can you, how can you possibly separate science from God and God from science. It makes no sense. Yes, and something uh, a lot of people don't understand or don't realize is that it's the Christian worldview that gave birth to the modern sciences. For hundreds of years, Christianity and science were together as allies. I mean, you look at the founders of the modern sciences, Johannes Kepler, physical astronomy, Blaise Pascal, hydrostatistics, mm-hmm. Nicholas Stenel, stratigraphy, Sir Isaac Newton, you know, perhaps uh, the greatest mathematical mind of modern times, the father of calculus. I mean, you just go down the Mm -hmm. road. Louis Pasteur, bacteriologist. Mm -hmm. All these men were deeply committed Christians and deeply committed to the belief in God. And it's the Christian worldview that gave birth to the modern sciences. It's because we understood there is a creator who has designed an ordered universe. The design of the designer can be discovered. And that's what these men did. As you stated, uh, even Sir Isaac Newton, he said, it cannot be conceived that mere mechanical causes could give birth to so many regular motions since the comets range over all parts of the heavens in very eccentric orbits. This most beautiful system of sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. So those are the kind of things <laughs> these, these men were writing. If you read them, it's only in the last few decades that has it been made to look like science and Christianity are enemies and cannot be, you know, cannot coexist together. But for hundreds of years, They were allies, and it's the Christian worldview that gave birth to the modern sciences and allowed the sciences to flourish. Absolutely. And it's interesting. It's interesting that so many people continue to this day to separate science from God. And and that just really still boggles my mind. But especially now during this global pandemic, as you well know, I feel that people need God more than ever. 
And what do you say to our listeners who desperately need some love and help and, and support during this very, very challenging time and, and may not have Christ in their heart like we do and may not know God like we do? Yes. You know, like you said, you know, look at the evidence. For example, if you want to look at science, I mean, the more and more we're discovering the science, the more and more it's pointing to an intelligent creator. For example, in microbiology, I mean, uh, we have learned the nucleus of a cell is as complex as the city of New York. The human brain has so much information that if we were to type it out in book form, we could stack books from here to the moon. We have not created a computer that can do what the human brain can do. So if we do not believe that a computer could come about by natural causes, how much more something like the human brain, you know, or the human body? It's an incredible machine there. And so creation every day is pointing us to the creator. And in the times that we face, you're beginning to see false ideologies, false hopes, being exposed for what they are, empty, and uh, cannot provide any hope. You don't see any atheists on TV going, don't worry, folks, you're going to be annihilated. If this thing gets you, don't worry, you'll be extinct. Right. I mean, you don't hear. The only thing you're hearing now is Christians out there praying and presenting a message of hope. And you're seeing everyone from the president to our top leaders praying and the only message of hope can come from the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God is in control of all things. And no matter what happens, even if we should face our death through this, you know, we have eternal life with Jesus Christ and it's death is not the end. And, you know, that's the only message that's resonating right now. The atheists like 9-11 and the tsunami, they're all silent. You don't hear them going, don't worry, you'll be annihilated. You'll be extinct. You'll be no right. more. So, so have no fear. I mean, you don't hear any of that. Right. It's very interesting that you bring up that point. And you're correct. I haven't seen that at all. I have seen that the president this morning, he invited a black preacher to the White House into mm-hmm. the Oval Office. And he was able to give his message for Easter. And I thought that was very, very indicative. And I hope that he continues that because if he can bring back God to the school, there's going to be a lot of uproar. But also, you know, God is in within our constitution. <laughs> so, and the Protestants who fled so that they could have freedom, right? So it's just really a very, very interesting time. I'm so grateful for everything that you're sharing right now. And I was wondering if you had any more messages for our listeners. I know that a little later we're going to definitely pray, but I don't know if you have anything that you actually want to say or that could actually help. What's your view on this pandemic? Do you think this is a revelation? Do you think this is the end? That's a great point. In you know the Bible, you know we know that God is love. He is in control of all things, and no matter what he does, he does it out of love, and he allows the good and the bad. Isaiah 45, 7, God says, I form the light and create the darkness. I make well-being, and I create calamity. I'm the Lord. I do all these things. In other words, God allows good and blessings. He also allows 
suffering and calamity and for a reason. And we should all be sitting back and asking ourselves. And we're seeing a lot of that now, which is a hopeful and, and a good thing. We're beginning to ask ourselves, what is the purpose of all of this? Is there a greater plan involved? Is there someone in control? Is there meaning to my life? Why do these things happen? And in God and in the Bible is, is where we find our answers, you know, that even things like this, God uses to bring about his purpose. This kind of natural disaster or calamity is the result of the fall and the sinful rebellion of man going all the way back to Adam and Eve, the first beings made in the image of God. And as a result, we've had to endure the consequences of our disobedience to God. run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcast, like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website, once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucaran.